1: Portland, if you've ever wondered where to get your Blazers, Ducks, and Bees, it's right here on the airwaves of 1080. 1080 to fan with Danny and Dusty. It's Danny and Dusty and Rust from noon till three.
2: All right, it is time. Hour number three, Danny Dusty. Is that how you landed your wife, Rust is by your singing voice?
1: (laughs) I'd rather not get into it here.
2: Your 20th anniversary, what, does she hate your singing?
1: Oh, no. no. She Yeah, she digs it. She thought that was a great idea that I did that one. She was right.
3: I
2: I see. I I love it. He
3: thought your singing was what. I, I picture you doing the fish hook dance. Like, you throwing the imaginary line out to her and reeling her in?
1: Yeah. Is that what it was? Oh, oh well, you. Dusty, you might actually be right, because I, I think maybe what did uh, reel her in was when I karaoke the Barry Manilow song, Mandy. So, you
2: know. Oh! Yeah. Was that, like, were you guys, was that, like, your pickup line? Because uh, his, his well, wife's name Well, we were dating at that point. Okay. But yeah. All right. You and you, you, Barry Manilowder. A Barry Manilowder at a bar, huh? Yep. I'm sure. The rest of the crowd was thrilled. <laughs> 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 that is for a party of a one. That yes. song.
1: Who the hell picked Barry Manilow? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um can
2: dig it. Hour number three is here. It is time now for our NFL picks. So cue the NFL music, my man. I had a rough week. It's not a sprint though; it's a marathon. I went zero for three. My uh, overall record uh, now currently sits at two and four. I'm a dead last. You, uh, Danny, I got a bad beat. Are three and three, along with the fine folks uh, that are the listeners at three and three. The right now, the guy in the catbird seat is one Jeffrey Rust, who after a one and two week went three and zero by. Picking the Bills minus ten, my God! The Lions as favorites, and the Jaguars over the Colts. You had a convincing yeah, win. Not, not really, one oh, of those know. was
1: close. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah.
1: Hammered it.
3: He, Hammered it. He was he was two and zero coming out coming out of Sunday, pretty clear and easy. Yeah, All
2: everybody. right. No. Let's get to uh, the listener picks for this week. Uh, the three games that listeners are picking at Danny and Dusty on the social media. So give it a follow and go ahead and vote on the poll. Week three picks are against the spread. Seahawks minus one against the Falcons up at the clink. Uh, you have the Ravens minus three heading to New England to pick from. And also the Chefs minus five and a half as they head to Indianapolis. Indiana to take on mm. Das Holtz. Um, all right, Mr. 3-0, why don't you give us your first pick uh, of the week since you have honors off the tee box.
1: First one here, uh, they helped me out in week one with a massacre of the uh, Arizona Cardinals, and I'm wondering why. I realize they're on the road, but I'm wondering why they're only getting 5.5 points uh, at Indianapolis, why it's only a 5.5 point spread. So I'm taking the Chiefs minus 5.5 At The Colts,
2: all right, Mr. Meringue.
3: I too am taking the Chiefs minus five and a half at the Colts because that seems bat
1: poop crazy.
2: Boy, doesn't it?
3: It, yeah, yeah. I mean, the
1: Jaguars just blanked them last week. I mean, excuse me, the Jaguars, Jaguars,
2: Jaguars. Um, yeah, the Chiefs look
3: very good and the Colts look very bad.
2: I think you mean the AFC South leading Jaguars, Jaguars. all right. What are you knocking your own team for? Just be like, you know, that is the prowess of my Jaguars. At one and one, uh, the only team they win in the AFC South. (laughs) The Juggernauts. Dear Lord, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. Uh, Both of you taking the Chiefs. My first game, I will go with the, I'm going to ride the Lions. I'm going the Lions plus six at Minnesota. Um, This will come back to bite me. But uh, DeAndre Swift, returned to practice, run the damn foosball, mm-hmm. keep it out of Kirk Cousins' hands.
3: Detroit Lions, number Get one there. in big plays in the entire NFL.
2: Let's go. Let's I, go. I
3: did almost take that game.
2: How many guys were drafted in front of Amon Ross St. Brown on the Viking uh, on the Vikings roster? Because There's that, somebody because he'll know. They, oh, yeah, he'll know. <laughs> and he'll try to prove a damn point that he would, should not have been drafted mm-hmm. behind them.
1: I love that kind of pettiness.
2: Okay. Um... Let's see here. Rust, go ahead.
1: For my second pick, uh, Buffalo has not done me wrong. They're getting it's five and a half minus five and a half at Miami, and I'm not buying Miami yet, even after that one ridiculous game from Tua, because coming into that game, he had had three only three three hundred yard games his entire career, mm-hmm. and only one game where he ever threw more than two touchdowns, uh, and that was a random four touchdown game. He had never thrown three touchdowns in a game before that, so I'm taking Buffalo minus five and a half at Miami.
2: He also never had Mike McDaniel. I'm still not buying him yet.
1: No, I, I'm with you, Rust. Uh, I looked at that line, and I, just, I wanted
3: to go there. But instead, I opted to go with who sucks less, oh. the Raiders or the Titans. And I think the Raiders suck less. Uh, uh. Minus one and a half. It's essentially a pick them oh. uh, Any score will get you. Any, any level what? of victory will get you the win, basically. So I am taking... Uh, America's team and my Raiders minus one and a half over the Titans.
2: There may not be any receivers playing in this game at all, but on either side, there is something that I love because Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are playing in a football game mm. where the over under is forty two. I'm beha- I want to go. I'm hitting the over on the forty two in Bucks Packers. I will take the over. Of forty two Bucks Packers.
3: Nineteen twelve incoming.
2: You damn right it is. <laughs> and it, it, look, both teams have done it already this year. Uh-huh. They've laid some turd burglars out there. I have faith that it, two of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever played the game can muster up twenty one points apiece. Mm. God, just please. <laughs> don't let us have the Bucks Packers be a snooze fest.
3: Uh, I think you're gonna probably hear that way.
1: Russ, what do you got for pick number three? For number three, I made a promise that I will include the Jaguars, the Jaguars, in each of my picks. However, this week, pick I cannot them. pick them. They are at the Chargers, and the Chargers are a seven point favorite. And I just, as much as I would like to say, I think they can keep within seven points of the Chargers. I don't believe they can. So I'm taking the Chargers,
2: minus seven. Wow. Going against your boys. I saw that Justin Herbert was throwing the football today. Yes,
3: he was in practice, in pads, and, and uh, getting his core work in.
2: That's the one that I just have. I've wanted to stay away from because of the fact that Justin, or I don't know what Justin Herbert status, is. Yeah. I don't know his ribs. I don't know if the doctor is going to puncture his lung. Mm-hmm. There's have a lot of questions over this because look, there's a history with the Chargers of puncturing a lung. It, it,
3: it, it's there for everyone to see. Uh, speaking of questions, your spelling of Jug yeah, on the on the spreadsheet is great. I am going to go down that road of questions with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson at practice yesterday with the padded sleeve on and was not throwing. However, the Patriots suck something awful, and I don't think it's going to be all that much of a problem. I'm taking the Ravens minus two and a half.
1: I believe I saw that he did
2: have the sleeve off today at practice. There you go. Um, all right. Hey, just choose that one at your own risk. Yeah, no, uh, no. I'm going with uh, my third game, the Niners. Plus one and a half at Denver.
3: I still don't get that line. I don't get it either. I don't I don't get that line. I think line what they're saying
2: is that, like, Russell Wilson will negate Nathaniel Hackett at some point, and they're hoping that it's this week. At home, I guess. Yeah. in going to elevation. I don't know. I'm going to roll with the uh, 49ers with that breath of fresh air. They got uh, Jimothy Garoppolo back in. The
3: 49ers in. got better, and they're a road dog. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, so I'm going Niners, plus one and a half. All right, go vote uh, at Danny and Dusty on the social meds. We've got uh, up right now on Twitter three games that you can choose from. Uh, Chiefs minus five and a half uh, as they visit the Colts. Ravens minus three visiting the Patriots. Or the Seahawks minus one hosting the Atlanta Falcons, the three games that our listeners can choose from. All right, uh Coming up next, big money rolling in. Speaking of gambling, big money rolling in on one home dog in the Pac-12. And when I say big money, unprecedented money. Danny Dusty on the fan.
1: We really need new phones.
0: T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
2: Oregon State taking on USC down at Research Stadium, Saturday night, 6.30 kick. Um, From Caesar Sports, Max Meyer had this little tweet today. I think it is of note. The amount of action on Oregon State, now plus six and a half, to cover the spread against number seven USC is insane. More money is on Oregon State spread alone than any of the 16 NFL Week Three spreads. Over three times more money is coming in on Oregon State spread alone than any other college football Week Four game spread.
3: For reference, whoa! If for those that aren't gamblers, NFL action moves more than anything in this country by. Leaps and bounds so much so you would not you can't wrap your head around it for Oregon State action to lead every spread coming into this weekend is bat ass insane
2: yeah the biggest week for college football spread shift at Caesars went from u s c opening at minus thirteen and a half to oregon state uh being <laughs> being now seven point dogs Wow. Wow, that is how much the the odds have shifted here in this game. Everybody's picking up what the Bees are putting down.
3: Oh, well, I mean, you've you've got the the whole idea of the Giant Killers and what has happened at at Vegas with.
2: Ooh, that would be fifty-five years ago the Giant Killer mm-hmm. season. I think I think it's fifty-five this year. But
3: I mean, you, you take a look at the, like the historical trends that have happened in Corvallis recently as it pertains to USC. And you start to kind of get going with that narrative. I'm going to throw uh, Sprague under the bus here. Me and I were, were giving each other crap yesterday. Uh, he flat out said, "I just hope we don't get run off the field." So not all not all are, are 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 truly believing in the in the vibe. No,
2: but that but. is that is kind of what I think beeves should be going into that game thinking is yep. that like hopefully we don't get run off the field. But at the same time, where is Oregon State at their best in the trenches? Where mm-hmm. is USC at their thinnest in, in the trenches? The trenches yep. Right. Oregon State, the strength of their team is their secondary, right? Mm-hmm. And that goes—you go strength on strength, uh, where Who's USC's strength receivers. Is. But then you have their weakness is yours is you probably your second best units that you have. Mm-hmm. That is that that does give a lot of hope to Oregon State fans because look, USC has been dominating teams yes. that are not very good. Okay? doing what they need to do. Yeah, but they're dominating this. Yes. They're absolutely steamrolling them. Oregon State, we still got a ton of questions about, right? Like, I mean, look, they beat Boise. They beat Fresno. A mutual opponent. Well, and, yeah, you beat a Fresno team that you had to white-knuckle that bad boy Mm -hmm. out of of Fresno and get out of there, and USC manhandled them. They went in
3: there and kicked the living crap out of Fresno State.
2: But you get this one at home, it's going to be weird uh, for a lot of these USC guys playing in front of 29,000 people. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah,
3: it's like playing in front of a UCLA
2: crowd. It's going to be a different atmosphere, and they have to go on the road now.
3: Yes, and the haven't seen that. There's not a ton of USC guys on the roster right now active in the starting rotations that was on the field for that game last week last year because there's been so much change on both sides of the ball. Yeah. But there are a few and they're big time players like Tui To Tui, Tui Piloto. Like he he's kind of been the torchbearer of like, hey guys, uh for those that weren't here last year, they came to the Coliseum and kicked the ever living crap out of us. Uh I don't want that to happen again.
2: I just can't believe that all of this is happening. Like now now here's the thing is that it's it started at minus thirteen and a half, right? It's now down to six and six and a half.
3: Mm-hmm. With most of the money was wager when it was at seven. That's the number that everybody wanted.
2: That is, and that is of note that the line's been pushed down. Now it's time you start swinging back the other way. Uh-huh. I, and I don't know why. I mean, Romello Height is done for the year. Yep. Um, the USC's head Rusher, he's gone. Shoulder surgery.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to give it a go, but twice it couldn't couldn't and, get it going.
2: And I don't know if that is if that's the reason why like people are are jumping on it. I know that. Uh, USC's been banged up on the offensive line, yeah, they but they got two ahead. of them back, yeah. yep. um, and they're practicing though. But they're banged up. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the. I have no idea what the reason behind it is, but we're getting it right now to the point of that move. That that line has moved a touchdown. It, it's it, moved a yeah. full touchdown. That's crazy talk.
3: It, it's it's an insane jump. But this is what we talked about coming 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 into this into this week. Is this is the this is the bar where when all of a sudden we get to kind of measure who's really where. Is Oregon yeah. State – we talked about Oregon State specifically. If they somehow got through their first three games 3-0, and that would be giving them an opportunity to, to define their season because they have USC this weekend, Utah next weekend. And even if they drop both those games, they're 3-2, and and they're still totally Ooh, fine.
2: You're but, getting the in the Beavs maybe, the overlook game. Is that mm-hmm. what betters are going off? I, well, I, no. They, Utah, they don't play Utah for another – Few weeks. I thought,
3: who, who do they have after USC?
2: Oh, you're talking Oregon State? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They do. Yeah. They do. I thought yeah. you were talking USC. I'm, no, sorry, I'm
3: sorry. No, no, no. My bad. No, I'm talking for the Oregon State side of things. They they know they have to to batten down the hatches right now. Yes. Because yes. it is it is you know it is go time for. <laughs> uh,
2: oh yeah, it is.
3: But you look at where they're at and where they want to be. The whole idea mm-hmm. of being that six win bowl team, da da da, or they they that eight nine win team where yep. you know. You kind of looked at me sideways when I said that this summer or this spring where it was like, um, I think this team's going to be a lot better than people think. Now we get to find out. Same with Oregon and Washington State. We're looking at the now you get to see these early conference matchups that are going to be very pivotal. And everybody says, oh, it's just week four in college football season. Duh, duh. We won't really know who these teams are. This is when identities are made. Conference play is when our identities are formed.
2: We should know a lot about all of these. Well, we do know a lot about all of mm-hmm. these teams right now.
3: But I think after this week, we will – once the, the quarter poll basically or third poll is, is there, mm-hmm. now you start really forming narratives on teams. Yep. And Oregon State could, man, they could drive a railroad spike into this season for them very quickly. I will tell you right now, if Oregon State beats USC, that is a monster win. Regardless of what you think of USC's defense, that offense is one of the best units in the entire country. And if they can manage to keep it off the field and keep it under control, that is a huge feather in Jonathan Smith and that program's cap.
2: Ah, I'm looking forward to this week, whole weekend of, of football in the Pac-12 because you got... Beaves SC, you got the Ducks heading up to Pullman, and mm-hmm. if you missed our interview with Jake Dickert, the awesome. head coach of Washington State, go check it out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast at 1080thefan.com. He joined us uh, earlier in the show at 1230. You've got also UW in Stanford. That game is interesting to me because UW should mop the floor with Stanford, but there is this small caveat of Stanford had a bye last week. They've been sitting time. and they've been going two weeks full tilt boogie on figuring out Washington and Michael Penix Jr. And this will be a fascinating game to see if Stanford can hang around with them after two weeks of prep for one team. Now, that one, that first week was probably just focusing on themselves because they got a whole lot of bigger issues to to figure out. But, you know, Kalen DeBoer and UW, well-coached team, man. They should be ready to rock and roll. That'll be a fun one mm-hmm. up in uh, on Lake. The other Pac-12 schedule, I mean... My goodness,
3: it's very meh. <laughs>
2: Does is, is there heavy. a least appealing uh, matchup than Arizona Cal. at Cal?
3: You know, no. The Colorado UCLA game is more appealing.
2: It's, well, it's, yeah, because you're going to watch one team get bludgeoned. Cal Arizona is going to be a boring game to watch.
3: You no, know, you know who's not. Gonna it's going to be, gonna be
2: great. now that I said that. It will be the most exciting finish of all time, but. I, I like I just look at that and I go Oh. You know who it's not gonna be going for? The guy who
3: took the season win on wins on over this year.
2: Yeah? Huh? huh? Well, huh? They've got to they, they, they win. Need, they need one more win. Yep. Uh, Cal is favored in that game. And then you have Utah, Arizona State where you have Utah heading down and taking on a team that isn't shambles. Is, right that
3: a, is that a stumble game for Utah?
2: If there was to be one, this would be it.
3: Arizona State fresh off a of coach firing, the coach firing bump. Mhm. Huh? Uh, can I get you to buy that one?
2: Yeah, I apparently this is the first time that Arizona State has ever had an interim coach.
3: They never had an in-season firing before?
2: Yeah. Sean Aguano is ASU's first interim acting head coach. Uh oh wait, so since 1979 when they fired Frank Cush. Okay. My gosh. 1979? That's a, that's a
3: long time to go without firing a coach in season, especially for a program like Arizona
1: State, who's not exactly
2: storied. They've had a lot of coaches since yeah, then. Yeah, I guess they just
1: fire them in the offseason. My goodness. Interesting. Didn't realize that many people in Arizona fired the Kush.
2: God. That's a marijuana joke for people that are listening that, don't, that uh, didn't get that. There's a marijuana was the joke. the
3: interim coach, you said Frank Guano?
2: Aguano, oh Aguano,
3: uh, Sean Aguano, oh Sean Aguano. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I like one.
2: his name, Sean Aguano.
3: It, it, it does, yeah. That <laughs> actually sounds like some some native. Kyle uh, Hanashan. the name.
2: Yeah. Is, yes, They're it that. does sound like Kyle Hanashan. Yes,
3: it also sounds like well, something you might name some Kush.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Get All this, right, guan, it'd guano. be a lot cooler if you did. We have a we have a pull up not just on which games that you picked, but which zero two team. Is in the most trouble right now. Uh, let's talk about that after Rust with Sports Center. When I wake up in the morning, love, and the sunlight hurts my eye.
0: This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080.
2: The fan. High expectations, slow starts, man. The Bengals, Titans, and Raiders have stumbled out of the gate. I mean, I think we all, of, of the winless teams in the NFL, when you look around, I think we all kind of expected that, like, Atlanta would start over. I think that there was an expectation that uh, you could possibly see a team like Carolina, who's also open to start out winless. And, I mean, the Seahawks surprised everybody. I mean, they are one and one. I don't think anybody really anticipated all three of these teams being winless at this point in the season. Hell, I'll throw the Colts in there too, who are o-one and one with a tie, <laughs> certainly um, to the Houston Texans as as a winless team. But of the three that that truly are, you know, losers so far, no one too. Which ones are in the most trouble when you when you think of the Cincinnati Bengals? The Las Vegas Raiders and the Tennessee Titans, all three playoff teams from a year ago. Mm -hmm. Tennessee, the number one seed in the AFC. The Bengals in the Super Bowl. The Raiders damn near beating them in -hmm. in the wild card round to open up the playoffs in what was the only entertaining game of the first weekend of Uh playoff games. And all of them 0-2 so far.
3: Yeah, I I don't know. I, I look at this in a couple different ways, and each one of these teams being in different places. You look at the Bengals fresh off the Super Bowl. Uh, you've got Joe Burrow, who didn't participate in minicamp preseason because of the appendectomy. The Titans, they had some salary cap ramifications of losing some guys, but yeah. for the most part, they got healthy and they got right. Not a ton of changes. They do obviously lose their their star wide receiver which and Roger Saffold. I mean, that's two pretty big hits.
2: That is a lot.
3: And you lose your primary pass rusher coming into the season. Uh, The Raiders, they have a new coach. But other than that, they returned basically everybody and got better at at positions of weakness. And yet, all three teams have shown very glaring weaknesses uh, in one specific spot. The offensive line. Mm -hmm. Offensive line for all three of these teams has been varying levels of atrocious. And it, it doesn't matter if you're the Bengals and you're getting Joe Burrow killed, or you're the Titans that can't run the ball, or you're the Raiders who are subbing... Uh, offensive linemen out almost every single drive because you can't find a combination nice. to keep the pressure off of Derek Carr or to open running lanes for Josh Jacobs.
2: I think the team that is in the most trouble is is the team that you just mentioned, yeah. the Raiders, because the division. As you are rotating in offensive linemen, that means you don't have people you don't that you trust. No. Like that is alarming. If you are Cincinnati and you have just brand new offensive line. That's one thing, mm-hmm. and you're, you didn't play in the preseason. That's a totally different different scenario. We saw this with the Kansas City Chiefs last year, right? They had so many new pieces on the offensive line. They started s- slow. Everybody's like, what is wrong with them? They're not going to be good. Well, guess what? They got pretty good by the end of the year okay? because those pieces just need time. You need time playing together, and it's a feel back and forth across the offensive line. Continuity is is so important on the offensive line. You can't get it if you're rotating guys in and you just don't trust people. And what you said, that division, is you, you can't make up ground. How are you going to make up ground when you've got three very good teams in your division, two elite teams, and one one team that in, in Denver is going through an adjustment period with a new quarterback, a new head coach, and by the analytic metrics, actually Denver's playing pretty good. Pretty decently. Their coaches coaching horrifically, yes. which if that doesn't change, oh that, no, then it'll
3: change. The coaches will change. I mean, talking about the Raiders specifically, I am in full agreement. They they just made a trade with the Patriots mm-hmm. to get an offensive lineman in there, yeah. because they are just so thin. And that's that's really in our in our kind of previews this season. The thing that we talked about the AFC being yes, they're loaded at quarterback. Yes, teams are loaded at, at the all of the weapons position. The Raiders are maybe at the yeah. top of that list. They have a ton of weapons. But the difference is, you look up and down the division, the Raiders have the worst offensive line by leaps and bounds, and that was always the question. Uh Can you keep a clean pocket? Can you keep Derek Carr uh, upright? And Derek Carr has made mistakes of his own. But outside of that pass pro and Derek Carr making bad decisions, they've been fine. But the problem is, it's so egregious on the offensive line, I don't know if that's a problem that they can solve this year, particularly playing in this division where, what, Dusty, every single team has elite pass rushers?
2: Every single – has Multiple. Rushers. Rushers. There is an S at the end yeah. of that, and that is an important uh, qualifier in that one. But if the team that I'm I'm worried least about, I think it's Cincinnati. Yeah. Because of the fact that, one, Joe Burrow just went with the F it all, figure it out last year, and they figured it out. Now, that's going to run out on them, but the fact that – you have that time. The mm-hmm. continuity will build. They are a good roster. They are a good team. I think they're going to be okay. And their division isn't a, an absolute buzzsaw.
3: No. And they ha- and to be fair to them and to their defense, their defense has been nails through the first two games yeah, considering but- all of the turnovers and bad field position uh, yeah, that their offense has put them under.
2: But Lyle Collins, he's apparently out of practice today with injury and doesn't look good for him. That's going to be a story to follow. Which
3: is the big ad to keep. Joe Burrow upright
2: yeah and then you have the one that's in the middle of these three teams that we're talking about Mm -hmm. the Tennessee Titans where I think the biggest concern outside of Taylor will won and if you're ever going to get him back is Derrick Henry and has he hit the carries threshold because one you don't have A.J. Brown anymore you have to rely on Brian Tannehill to win you football games
3: against single high safety looks Wrong. I don't think it's going to happen for, for old Mr. Henry.
2: Not going to be a winning recipe. And that's that's just of concern. But when you're in a division that's at the, that bad? You can figure it out. You figure it out. You have, you have a little bit of leeway and some time to figure some stuff out.
3: We talked about coming into the season, if things did start to go sideways for, for Tennessee, do you make the change mm-hmm. to Malik? Yeah. And I think
2: you're, you're still Malik away. Willis, the rookie out of Liberty.
3: And I still think you're a ways away from that. But, I mean, a 41-7... Yeah. Butt whooping will cause you to shift that, that paradigm probably a
1: couple of weeks quicker than you were thinking. Well yeah, that he's a third rounder, though, too. It's not like you've yeah. got the number 10 picks sitting back yeah,
2: there. Yeah. I mean, he is, he's got, they've drafted him as a project. Certainly. The one thing that Tennessee has also is they have the coach that you can say of this group has zero questions about him. Yep. Mike Vrabel can coach football. Yep, absolutely. And he can lead a locker room and he can lead them through ups and downs, good and bad. Zach Taylor. He learned a lot of goodwill last year. But remember, he was going to get fired. He was a couple weeks heading, away from being fired. Heading into last season, uh-huh. and they got that thing figured out. McDaniels is back for his second stint as a head coach.
3: And it's going as well as the first.
2: And they're going to have some questions about that one. Yeah. But not all hope is lost. Because uh-huh. only 12% of teams that start 0-2 uh, end up making the playoffs. Uh-huh. There have been four teams all time that have started 0-2 and, 2 and oh. won, or went to the Super Bowl. Oh. Three of those teams won the Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah, do you know any? Do you know any of them? I'm gonna go. When, when you hear them, you'll be like, "Yep, that makes sense." I'm gonna yep, go that Eli- makes
3: sense. Eli's Giants.
2: Yep, in 2007.
3: Roethlisberger's. Yep. Nope. No. No.
2: Uh... No. No. 2007 Giants ended up going 10 and six after starting 0 and two uh, by giving up 45 points in week one and 35 points in week two, and then their defense figured it out. Is Favre's Packers on there? No. No, the Patriots are on here twice.
3: Oh, they have two, huh?
2: Yeah. Well, no, there's, there's, an, there's one more outside of that because there's four teams that have gone to the Super what Bowl. Was the fourth? Three of one. Uh, the 96 Patriots with uh, Drew Bledsoe, they started 0-2, and then the 2001 Patriots where Drew Bledsoe got, got hurt, hurt and then they moved to Thomas Edward yep. Brady. Uh, the other one is the 1993 Dallas Cowboys. In which they started zero and two because Jerry Jones did not want to pay Emmett Smith. Oh,
3: that Emmett right. Smith held out,
2: out, and they started zero and two. Jerry Jones said, "Okay, we're going to pay gave him Emmett. all the money." <laughs> and they finished out the year twelve and two after that, and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah, they they actually played. Actually, they finished the year fifteen and two.
3: When betting on yourself, you know,
2: yeah, pays off. That worked out very well. Um, so it, there is some precedent to going in and starting 0-2 and winning a Super Bowl. I think one thing that we do know for sure is that all of those teams had very good quarterback play the rest of the year, and that is going to be of the utmost importance. Yeah, and that's
3: the other thing. is uh, As much as I, I have become a fan of Derek Carr, not only as a person, but he got his quarterback side together, he's been, uh, he's been poo-poo for mm. two weeks. He has made... The poor decisions that plagued him in his early career that he seemed to have beaten the last three years, they have been rampant in the first two weeks.
2: All right. 503-250-1080, that is the fan text line. We wrap it up and hand it off to primetime next. This is Danny Dusty on the fan. 1080, the fan. Alright! Boy, we've had a we've had a good show. We've kinda of gone everywhere with it.
3: I like shows like this.
2: Yeah. Jake Dickert was awesome. Um, he's a Wisconsin Stevens Point guy. We're also getting in on the fan text line, 503-250-1080. That uh uh Sean Iguano, the new ASU interim head coach, Mm -hmm. he went to Linfield. He's a Linfield guy.
3: This was a Northwest tie.
2: An Oregon tie, yeah. He was out there McMinnville. Part of that winning streak of whatever it is, the consecutive winning seasons is up to like 56 now. Yeah, forever. That may be one of the most impressive records and streaks that people really don't know about, even here in our own backyard, is the fact that Linfield has, I think it's well over. It, gosh, it may be over fifty-six winning seasons now um, consecutively. That that's incredible. They haven't had one blip season where they have a, a down year and they go under five hundred since the sixties. What?
3: Yeah, since most people's the average person's parents were born.
2: And you know what? I hate Linfield with the with the fire of a thousand suns. <laughs> And if anybody of you out there that uh, that went to Linfield, it's not that I hate you. No, he
3: hates you too. personally.
2: No, I hate Linfield. I've never beat Linfield in my life. Oh, really? As a as a player, as my dad coaching against Linfield at Pacific and Lewis and Clark, never beat him. Never beat him. And like my dad had teams that went to the playoffs. Guess who they lost to in the playoffs? Linfield. The,
3: the heroes are winless against the.
2: No. Oh man. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough go. Generational, even it's just like you're waiting for that one year that they're down. Never gonna happen. You're, you're gonna show up like the hater at the
3: funeral. The second <laughs> and they they have a losing season, carrying the Linfield casket.
2: I, uh, you know Good. what? I I will. I actually no because it's uh, at this point I've just resided to the fact that it's so damn impressive. <laughs> I just keep it going. Yeah. Like all right, whatever, go go ahead.
3: It really it really is an, 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 a wildly impressive streak because football's so dictated by injuries for things that go sideways that you would expect something to happen in that period. And yet here they are, man.
2: Yeah. What a great program program. It is. a. It is. uh, Yeah. Sorry. What a great program that that one is. All right. Well, that's talking Linfield and small. We've lost small college talk, Wisconsin, Stevens point.
3: You want to go full government talk?
2: Were you going to talk government? Oh, yeah. What's I'm saying, going on here? Ron
3: Wyden has uh, written a letter to NBA commissioner Adam Silver about uh, bringing the WNBA to Portland and uh, oh. again boosting Phil Knight and his tie to the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, he
2: mentioned Phil Knight?
3: Yeah, again.
2: He did no again. way.
3: Yeah, he did what again. did he say? Oh, geez. Let's see. Where's the exact line? Trailblazers fans are excited by the news that Phil Knight is interested in buying the Trailblazers franchise, and I'm more that convinced a than fact. ever that this Portlander's who's grown one of the world's most iconic and recognized company, fully shares fans' goal to keep the flagship franchise wherever it belongs, right here in the place forever known as Sean Lee's inimitable words as Rip City. Please know that I stand ready to offer whatever I can to help provide and protect and build a lasting relationship and commitment to the Trailblazers' presence in Portland, a commitment that would also be solidified with a WNBA team in my home Sincerely, United States Senator Ron Wyden. Remember Ron Wyden, uh, good friend of Commissioner Adam Silvers.
2: Well, and... Uh... Obviously, Phil Knight
3: <laughs> and Phil Knight. Yes, yes. The uh, United States senator who's I've been in, been in power as long as Linfield apparently has had winning streaks.
2: Oh, it is sixty-five. Good, I'm corrected. It is sixty-five. It started in 1956. They're looking to make it sixty-six years.
3: That's that's truly incredible. It feels like Ron Wyden has been a senator in Oregon for as long. Uh, but yes, being a senator in Oregon, you're representing the largest business interest in your state in Phil Knight and Nike. I would imagine that there's a pretty good tie there.
2: All right. Well, it, it is ridiculous that Portland of all cities doesn't have a WNBA team.
3: I mean, they did. They had the Portland Fire, and it, went, well, it was extinguished quite quickly. Well,
2: okay. That was the that was poor. Poor governorship. Everything. You could just say everything. Yeah, it was not very... But it's still... Even when it, fa- quote-unquote, failed here, they still had good attendance numbers for WNBA uh, teams at the time.
3: And I've talked to people it within is, the Trailblazers business operations. They are interested in a WNBA team
2: being Yeah. Well, it's a it's a revenue stream for them in, in it's the It's eighteen games.
3: Well. It's 18 games a year. It's not like they can't fit the dates in there.
2: Yeah. Um, but what are they going to do with, you know, the... Kevin Hart coming to town for the third time in a year. Well, Kevin Hart would
3: probably bump the WNBA, to be fair, because Kevin Hart... I know. Kevin Hart packs that place up.
2: I know, but that's the thing, is that they're they're sitting there, got to fill this place up, play the WNBA game. I've seen those uh, time-lapse videos. You can change that floor out real quick. Real quick. Um, All right. Well, we also have uh, news. I thought you were going to go with the Sage Rosenfels.
3: Yeah, he's throwing all of the shade at Brett Favre right now, wonderfully.
2: Yeah, he... Because this Brett Favre story is getting even worse because now uh, it is coming out that Brett Favre had tried to bribe the governor of Mississippi with stock options. And the governor obliged.
3: <laughs> yep. There's also there's somebody who has entered uh, into a plea deal. Which what happens when a plea deal happens? Uh-oh. They start rolling over real quick because these are because this is state and federal. It yeah. is a federal crime, so people yeah. are going to roll over real quick. because You don't go to uh, normal prison. You go to federal. Uh-oh. Mm -hmm, Sage
2: Rosenfels, former Vikings quarterback, said, Since retirement, I've been lucky to avoid stealing millions of dollars from the poorest people in my state. Of course, this is partially because I'd already stolen millions from the richest people in our country playing in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) That is perfect. (laughs) It's a good line. That is perfect. Good line. All right. Woo. That'll do it for us. We'll be back tomorrow. It's football Friday. It's football football Thursday. It is football Thursday. We got... uh, Brown Steelers. We made it through
3: all the way today without hardly mentioning even the Thursday night game because, well, it's Brown Steelers. Yeah. Meh. Well,
2: i will watch it on Prime Video.
3: Again. Get there. Everybody have a wonderful one. Night. Prime time coming up next.
2: Woo-hoo. Yeah, from 3 to 7 p.m. Woo-hoo. right here on The Fan, and then uh, recruiting with Andrew Nemec after that.
0: Bye. Bye.